My theory of love and marriage is based on the reality TV show Married at First Sight. Before you stop reading, hang with me for a second. Here's the theory. 80% of marriage is based on timing. Two people showing up at the same point in their lives saying, I'm ready to commit to the concept of marriage. The idea of two people committing to one another for the rest of their lives. Welcome to Overthinking Your Underwear, the show where we overthink everything from self-love to reality TV. I'm Lindsay, author of Overthinking in Your Underwear, the book, and now the podcast. Every week I share whatever I'm overthinking with you. This week, a very special episode where I I chat with a real-life relationship expert about her theories on love and marriage. But first, my theory on love and relationships based on married at first sight. You could show up to a date and meet the most perfect guy. Charming, funny, smart, four inches taller than you, rescues Chiapoos on the weekend. But if he fundamentally doesn't want to enter into a monogamous relationship for the rest of his life, and you do, well, it doesn't matter how much chemistry you discover over your blooming onion at Outback Steakhouse. You don't share the crucial ingredient required for happily ever after, a fundamental agreement on the concept of marriage. If you share his views, great. You may enjoy a life of happy hookups, exciting adventures, and zero commitment for years to come. But in my experience, this is where relationships break down. One partner arrives ready, willing, and wearing a white dress, while the other blares Freebird on their Spotify playlist. It's not good or bad or right or wrong. It's actually a wonder anyone makes things work. Which brings me back to my theory of relationship happiness, and back to that reality TV show, Married at First Sight. Maths, as their fans call it, skips the messy middle and cuts right to that core question— Are you 100% ready to get married? If the answer is yes, experts pair couples by compatibility, attractiveness, and background. Both parties enter the show with an agreed-upon position about marriage. In fact, they show up at the altar wearing a white dress and a tux. Five minutes later, they say, I do, and the following six weeks, they suss out the rest of it. Personality, sex, and annoying eating habits. Sometimes it doesn't work, but about 25% of the time, it does. Possibly a better batting average than we have out here in the world of swipe left and swipe right. All of that's to say, despite a ridiculous premise, marrying a stranger at first sight, the maths experts begin a union on pretty solid footing, bringing two people together who are ready to do the work of commitment. What if we knew that about our dates before investing in a cute outfit from H&M and months of our time? How much easier would life be? So my theory aside... My friend Jill Simpson has real theories, based on schooling degrees and real-life expertise. As a licensed professional counselor specializing in marriage and relationships, she's ready to give us her insights on love and marriage in this week's episode. So now, please enjoy my conversation with Jill Simpson. So, um, Jill, introduce us how you introduce yourself. Jill Simpson, couples and family therapist. Um, Actually, I... Couples therapist is what I do now. I okay. don't do as much of the family. I started out doing that, but then I realized I loved couples, so I made that my niche. So you couples come to you when they're having relationship problems, mm-hmm. when they're starting out their relationships, when they're kind of in the midst of relationships, working through the tough stuff, they come to you. They do. I am so excited that you sat down with us to give us your wisdom today. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. Excited to be here. So Jill is a friend of mine, and I'm excited to have her. And I also have my friend Trisha, like I said. She is a newlywed, and I think Trisha has kind of a unique story too because she's my age 45 so not throwing out any age shame and she just got married three months ago has it been three or two uh i don't know three okay so she's two two. she is a newlywed and got married with a three-year-old in tow literally the three-year-old ran up to her to carry her down the aisle so she carried her three-year-old down the aisle it was precious yes Mm -hmm. and i think an interesting note is First marriage. Exactly. At 45. Yeah. First marriage for both of them. Yeah. Yes. Kind of new. Do you want to tell a little bit about it? Because I kind of talk for you sometimes. You got you guys knew each other for... Yes. Knew each other in college. Briefly dated. Went our own ways. Um, and rekindled 20-some years later via Facebook. A Facebook post that Jill actually made. And then you guys like commented on it? Well, I just saw it and I was like, oh my God. You know, I kind of knew who Jill was at that time because of my brother. And I was like, wow, he looks good. What's going on here? So 
we did a deep dive. I did a deep dive. And then we kind of started, that prompted me to message him like, looks great. Love to see you're back in Kansas City. Obviously, I knew some of his friends that were in the photo. Just it made me happy to see him, whatever, not knowing how close he was with Mike and Jill. And then from there, the conversation continued. Well, it's even juicier than that because you were in Kansas City. He was living in Colorado, in Denver. Mm Mm-hmm. And you guys kind of messaged each other, like, hey, good to see you on here, good to see you on here. Then you planned one of those long-distance dates that's so fun, where you hopped on a plane and went to Denver to see him. Yes, backing it up juicier is (laughs) he, we had messaged, and then a few months later, he was like, hey, coming through Kansas City, want to have a drink, met for the drink. I was in a relationship. He knew that I was very transparent, but it was like... Whoa, sparks are here, but did not engage on anything, obviously. Obviously, you're just... You Kept in touch throughout a few more months, six, nine months. And then when my relationship ended, I said, hey, what's the best airline to fly? <laughs> what flies direct? Let's cut right to it. What flies direct to Denver? <laughs> and he was so excited. So... Yes. You went and saw him and literally you came back and I remember seeing you and I was like, oh, how'd it go? And you're like, as he was dropping me off at the airport, we were talking about like marriage stuff. It was pretty crazy. Yes. That's called dating in your 40s. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very direct about what I wanted Mm -hmm. in the sense of setting those guidelines, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever it was from what the article. Boundaries. We're going to get Boundaries. Yeah. But more or less like, hey, not moving to Denver, not going to live a life out here. But if Kansas City interests you and living our little suburban lifestyle with a family, then... Call me. And, he's, and he started packing. He started packing. That's, that's, that's my exactly. girl, Trish. That's my girl, Trish. What Jill's going to take us through, which is really awesome, is tell me again, is it the five foundations for a happy marriage? Is so it- it's the five. Well, what I have found to be, mm-hmm. and we're doing this for the last you know, eight, to eight years, I guess now, is the five most common hurdles that couples come into me with. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Excited to get into that. Before we do, we're going to talk about one random thing that I've been overthinking this week along with the rest of the world. It's a story about Jonah Hill and his ex-girlfriend who's named Sarah Brady. So it has kind of like a lot of things going on in it. Sarah Brady is Jonah Hill, the actor from Superbad and all the movies. Mm-hmm. Um was he in Moneyball? Yeah, he was. He was in Moneyball yeah. when he was really big. Yeah. Yeah. That's was, one of my favorite oh my movies. Gosh, yeah. I love that movie. Like Moneyball, he was not in a place to be setting boundaries. <laughs> but he needed to set some boundaries. For Moneyball put him in a place where he could then set boundaries. He, yeah, yeah, with yeah, girls. right. <laughs> okay, so sorry. Jonah that okay, that was the sidetrack. Um jo- that it's that Jonah Hill. So we got this girlfriend named Sarah Brady who was a surfer. And he met her by sliding into her DMs and talking about how hot she looked in a swimsuit and how hot she looked in her surfing photos. But then after dating her, he started, quote unquote, setting boundaries and saying he didn't like her posing in a swimsuit, posting surfing photos, posting pictures in a cheeky bikini, or posing with male surfers. And like saying something really weird too, like if a male surfer swims up to you like, when she's in the water, in the ocean, she should swim away immediately. I mean, what? <laughs> what? This is bizarre. The uh, the thing about it, and I want to I ask you guys what you mean. There's, like, all this talk about how he said, like, you've violated my boundaries. And she released the texts, basically, about how he was talking to her. And he was using a lot of, quote-unquote, therapy speak, saying, like, you've overstepped my boundaries. And really talking to her in kind of, like, a patronizing way the thing that a lot of people found was that he was kind of co-opting this therapy speak and then the other thing that was really hard for hard for me to take in was i watched this documentary of him called stuts i did too you did okay when you hear hear thoughts on netflix Mm -hmm. and i was kind of bought in on it you know for sure i was bought in on him as like this enlightened guy who'd really worked out his stuff and now it just felt like bullshit. Jill, sorry. Yeah. Tell me what you thought about that. 
about the any actual part documentary. of it. Any, tell me what you thought about Studs first. Yeah. Um, well, I was intrigued by it. I was really impressed by his therapist. I enjoyed his um, just his vibe. He had a different um, way of thinking. He did, and I just thought he was really cool to listen to. Um, and of course, you know, anytime I watch that sort of stuff, I'm like taking notes, like how can I be better? What can I do different? And I hadn't thought of it from that angle. Um, so of course my professional mind came into that piece as well, but I am like you, like I thought, wow, he really seems to be invested. He really seems to care a lot about changing. He's being thoughtful about himself and his life. And this therapist is doing a great job of allowing him to do that. And I liked him. Like exactly. I liked them both actually very much. And you know, I think, Everyone has their story. And if there's anything I learned from my job is that there's always two sides. Mm-hmm. And in this scenario, I'm sure he has a side to some of this, right? I find it interesting, the timing. Because yeah. didn't he just have a baby with someone yes. else? Yes. And, you know, of course, I'm thinking about from a relational perspective and, like, where is she at and what is she processing that she's doing this at this time? And, yes. you know, I would love to be able to hear his side of this. I don't know if he's released yes. anything um, about, like... I mean, some of this no. is like is she a little thirsty? Passive, is she little, just looking to get just, her name back out there? Because it did seem, and the text could be totally manipulated. We don't, we yeah. can't trust what we yeah. see. And that was like my kind of. I don't know that I said two things before, but that was like my third side of overthinking. That was hope I never <laughs> release texts from an ex no, or no, no, a voice no, no, no. memo or anything. Yeah. I just think that's, I don't love that. I don't love that about of anybody doing it. Even no. if you think it's verbal abuse, even if it was a really bad situation, I would hope people handle it differently. I don't 100%. love that. Regardless. You know, I'm sorry if that happened to Sarah Brady, but I don't. Exactly. Love that we live in a culture that that happens. 100%. Yeah. It says yeah. more about her than it does him, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. You know, like that you feel like you've got to release this text and mm-hmm. like, yeah. who does it? That's just immediately where my brain went. It was like, what are his what feelings? It? What is the truth? You know, it's always somewhere in between. Um, and yeah. not that I'm condoning the way that those came off in right. the article, right? Like, um, but there's definitely, that's not the full story. Exactly. I agree with you, Joe. Let's mm-hmm. start with number one of your relationship hurdles, unless you have another way you want to start. No, that's fine. Okay. Um, and I want to say these are not in any particular order. Okay. They're, I just kind of threw them out there, right? I, was, mm-hmm. I, I actually keep track of some of these things just because I think it's good for me to know to like for future couples that might come in and to, to know how to like what I want to deep dive in and learn more about and learn strategies about, um, because there are definitely common reoccurring themes um, in many of my couples. And so um, it's just good for me to have, like, information-wise. So one of the number one things, when anyone asks me, like, okay, what's your number one, like, recommendation or your number one thing for a happy marriage, like, I always, always go to friendship because I feel like so many – and communication, obviously. Everyone's like, oh, let me go to communication. No, friendship, to me, helps all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a really good – deep, true, vulnerable friendship, mm-hmm. it makes everything else in your relationship easier. Mm-hmm. It and, just does. And just because I was just thinking, I bet our listeners are wondering, you have been married for... So I have been married for 12 years. Um, his name is Mike. And we actually have an interesting story because he had been married before. Um, and obviously I knew that when we first started dating, we met at work. I had been with a serious boyfriend from college. Um, he was actually dating someone new that he had just started dating after his, his divorce. And we were friends. There's the friendship. Right. Uh, we were friends at first. And then it was eight months of just like hanging out. We were competitors at work, actually. Um, I met him in an elevator. Loving an elevator. <laughs> um, and I, we ended up just going to lunch one day. And obviously there were some sparks, but we both were with other people. So um, eventually we realized this is more than, than that. And so we started dating. Um, I broke it off with our significant others. Um, and then, yeah, we it was five years. We dated for five years. Yeah. And then he wasn't committing. So I was like, okay, this is what I want at this point in my life. And um, I left. I actually got engaged to somebody else. Yeah. And then um, for two years, we were broken up. And I was engaged to somebody else. And I saw him downtown (laughs) randomly. And then I was like, hmm, I think this is a sign that I need to wait for someone that I feel like this about again. Right? Like, I know what that feeling is. And I need to wait. And I... It little did I know that he would call me two weeks later and say, hey, can you give me another shot? And I was like, all right, I will. And then what was it? Three months later, we were engaged on Christmas Eve. 
Two months later, we were married. And four days later, we were pregnant. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. the most amazing story. Yeah. I love that But story. it is true. Chills. Like, friendship is truly a huge part of it for me because I felt like I could be fully myself with him. Like, we had a very vulnerable connection from the beginning. So mm-hmm. it was a very true, deep friendship that we fostered for a long time. And so it's through experience that I see that. My parents have that. Like, my parents yes. are the closest of friends. I mean, my... And so that's a huge reason why I even do what I do, because I know what a huge impact a good, solid marriage can have on a family. Yes. Um, and so it's the friendship. I mean, I things are going to fade. Looks are going to fade. All the things are going to fade. And you're going to be left with only that. Yes. And what does that look like? You so, have two kids, Joe. I do. We have two kids, um, Micah and Brock. They are 10 and 11, 15 months apart, not intentionally. I'm glad that they are now. The friendship thing, my parents have been married for I have 55 years, and they're so cute. They have the cutest relationship. But I always say that about them being friends. Like, both of them are huge extroverts and huge talkers. But if I walk into any room, the two of them are just chatting their butts off. And I'm like, what do you two still <laughs> have to talk about? And I mean, they're just like, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, oh. they never get tired of talking to each other. They're never just like the couple sitting at a restaurant where you're like, oh gosh, that looks painful. I mean, they are just constantly talking to each other, constantly calling each other. Mm-hmm. It's, it's seriously built on a solid friendship mm-hmm. well and that is the huge part of it is that a lot of couples forget to do that mm-hmm. like a lot of couples i call it feed your friendship like it's like a plant you have to water it like if you don't give it attention it's not going to live um and so once kids come along and stress of you know work and adulting and life and it's hard to keep your focus on that i'm not saying it's easy but it has to be intentional and you have to have a plan to do that if you're like oh we'll get to that it won't happen like yeah yeah. You have to have a plan to, whether that's, we hang out on the patio at night after the kids go to bed, or we're going to take a trip, you know, annually, just us two. I mean, whatever that looks like, you just have to plan that. Um, because it's really back to basics. Yeah. Lighthearted humor and, you know, flirting and just having fun with each other, not taking life so serious. It's, it's you know, important, I think. I'm thankful for that with Brent and I, mm-hmm. because of our hot dating season in our 20s. You know, we did, we were like... Friends, You know, we were definitely friends before we even went out on our first date at that time. I mean, he was friends with my boyfriend at that time. You know, that's Mm -hmm. how we met. But I think having that friendship and then cut to 20 years later allowed us to be vulnerable that much quicker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember being told, like, best friends make the best lovers. And I just think that it's true. Yeah. I I mean, we've said this. We could... You know, if we were into each other, <laughs> you know, always trying to marry exactly. 30 sorry, some well, years of friendship. I'm sorry. I'm and, sorry. I don't blame her. You know, no, but I'm just saying that's, you know, the vulnerability and the transparency. I'm married mm-hmm. to my, my Shia Poo, my 10 pound Shia Poo. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately. Um, okay. Number two, let's hear yeah. it. Um, so of course it's around intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. Sexual connection. Um, obviously intimacy is a lot more than just sexual connection. All the best friendship goes into that, mm-hmm. right? Like if you are closer emotionally, you usually, usually are closer sexually. Um, and the way that works, I think find it funny is that like side note, I usually with my couples will do love languages because I'm right. a huge believer in love languages. And if you have that, like coming under the surface of your relationship, it's just awesome. Um, and so when I do my love languages with my couples and we do a deep dive into those, like 99% of men are physical touch love languages Mm -hmm. and 99% of women are not. And I just find that so interesting to me. Um, and so obviously there's caveats to that. Like it's not always the case and all of the things that I'm sharing, there's obviously other exceptions, but, um, so for men, like that physical touch, even non-sexually is super important to them. Um, and they feel unloved if they don't have that. Like, yeah. it really is a love thing for them. It is not just a, I want to get my rocks off. Like, this is a, I truly want to connect with you. Um, and so oftentimes, like, there's, like, there's missing the mark with each other on what it is that it, why does it mean that to you? And is this more than that for you? And there's assumptions made about what it is and what you need. And, oh, you just don't want me or you're not attracted to me. And it's not that. It isn't that, you know, it's usually that's just not the way I show my love. Mm -hmm. But with love languages, you learn that you need to show your partner love in their way Mm -hmm. um, and train your brain to do that. Um, So usually, like, the way that I try to mend that and, like, you know, build a bridge is, like, understanding, first of all, your partner's needs and, like, what that looks like um, through intimacy and sexual needs. Um, But if you have 
you know, this like initial connection as a friend and then you build on that sexually, like that's a huge combo that I think will like bring sparks everywhere when it comes to life. But you have to understand that your partner and you are different, that it's not going to look the exact same, that you're going to have to lean in on what it is that they need. Um, and with women, I found that it's typically, you got to be warmed up. Like if you're mm-hmm. helping me relieve my stress, it's going to be so attractive. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to the dishwasher, like yes. foreplay, you know, like <laughs> it really is. Totally. It really is. Like it's so attractive for women because a lot of them are access service people, mm-hmm. um, to have that, to have that, like, oh, they're helping me and we are partners in this and they're revving me up in that way. Yes. You agree. Amen. Yeah. So, so, Make sorry, the bed and load your, the dishwasher. What's your love language? I'm one of the outliers. I am physical touch and all the time. Yeah. 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 Words is my third. I love words. Obviously, I'm a therapist. But, like, mm. I, I am, a like, a physical touch love language. Mm-hmm. But they're not common in women. They're not. Yeah. Like, my goal is I'm like, honey, not everybody likes to be touched like that. Like, I'll be like... <laughs> touching their shoulders and yeah. like giving them side hugs and he's like not everybody you know I'm like oh god I know I have to yeah. remember that like yeah. that's just how I show my love it always has been yeah yeah mm-hmm. what are you mine keeps changing okay. um yeah, as yeah. I'm learning more which I, I think is you're normal more of an adult yeah but I think life stages I always was like oh physical touch but right. no I am definitely I think more words of affirmation mm-hmm. and acts of service mm-hmm. and then probably gifts too. That's yeah. I know. That's how I show. That's my how love. you show. You you just want. Oh, you'll just sure like give is. people money. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're so crazy. Yeah, yeah. like. <laughs> but let me pay the she'll bill. Just, no, that is how like, I. Oh. She'll just Venmo me money, and I'm just like, for the yeah, no. no, she will, she will Venmo me like fifty dollars tonight because I bought her a salad today. She really yeah, salad. right, exactly. And I'm like, Trisha, stop. It didn't cost. It's just her. I love you. She's yeah, I yeah. love you. That's yeah. What is yours? Uh, probably acts of service and quality time. Yeah. I mean, words too, I guess. But like, yeah. if you like physical touch, I mean, I can't get revved up, like you said, mm-hmm. unless you've like connected with me and asked me how my yep. day was and like yep. actually like connected on a, yeah. you know, spiritual level. That's not the right cerebral level. But 100%. More, you yes. know? Yes. And unless we like spend some time together and all right. that. I always know? say like women need connection before they can open the gates. Yeah. Like they do. Like, and I know I'm not saying that I always say in the end, you have to look at it as the long game versus the short game. Like mm-hmm. guys don't need that quite as much. Right. It's just not no, how they're, they're wired like, no, I thought you were attractive. Yeah. And like women need a little bit more than that in that sense. And once you understand that, and then it doesn't mean the word like, Oh, they're not attracted to me or, Oh, that's not, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think you can get to a better place with it. Mm-hmm. But, I read this study and it may have been in like a BuzzFeed or something. So I don't really know how qualified it was that said that they found that men like, and this kind of surprised me end up marrying women that are like good mothers and good wives. And then they find themselves like, I wonder if you found this true in your practice 10 or 15 years into their marriage. And they realize they didn't marry like, a partner they were necessarily intimately compatible with or like that they, they were dying to go to bed with. Not yes. that they're not zero attracted to, but they yes. checked off all the, she'll be a great mother. She'll be a great mm-hmm. wife. She'll keep the house mm-hmm. clean, mm-hmm. which surprises me that men are that logical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now they're sitting there going, well, I don't find any intimate connection. And the therapist is going, well, can you think back to when you did? And they go, well, I didn't marry the woman that I wanted to have the hottest sex with. Right. And they're like, wow, that surprised me so much mm-hmm. that, men are that logical like yeah well I think it kind of goes back to like our innate like like reproduce yeah and like find a mother yeah right so like in their mind that's like it's an innate thing you know and not that everybody wants to have kids necessarily but it's definitely like this and your thought process of consciously I think can go there mm-hmm. and I think I remember one of my best friends most of my friends from high school her dad always said like you marry who you are with at the time that you want to get married yeah hundred percent it's not necessarily who it is that you want to marry. And mm-hmm. I remember being like, that's depressing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. But, and I always thought about it probably too much. Like I was, I think I was 30 when I got married to Mike for, the, for my first marriage was with him. And um, I just took it so seriously as my parents always said, like, it's the biggest decision that you'll ever make. Yes. You need to make sure that this, and it's still a risk no matter what, but it's a huge decision. So I was really picky. Yeah. I think what's so interesting about this is just how we have evolved as a society. 
right? Think about it. Mm -hmm. Like therapy was not something people seeked when my mother was growing up, right? Yeah. Like, and I think about my grandparents and yeah, they stayed married for until my grandfather passed. And it's like, that's amazing to me because they like were the most, you know, but like they, you know, were married at 17 and nine or whatever. Very, very young. Right. Where you think about how much you grow. But like, and then it's like passed down to their kids, like marry somebody who's a good home, uh, homemaker homemaker and going to be a good mother and this and that, because that's all people, the discussions ever were. Right. I think about even us being young kids and what our parents were telling us was very similar. Like Mm -hmm. we didn't have these like deep discussions, like what people have now, because Therapy and sharing and all of this yeah. and being more transparent is mm-hmm. so much more accepted in society than it, it was is. then. So I think that's why there was such a spike in divorce because mm-hmm. as people continue to evolve, learn and grow and society changes, right? They're like, oh, you're right. I just married that woman that checked those boxes. I wasn't worried about finding a friend and a life partner and mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I mean, there's a small window of your life where that stuff happens and not, you know, and then after that, you just it's the two of you in a home together and you have to figure out like, do I still enjoy you? And that's why you have to be the friendship and you have to be transparent and open and all those things so that you can have that. Number three. Um, okay. Three is, well, first of all, I have to bring in a little bit of Brene Brown, but it has to do with like unclear expectations. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of like, you know, expected mind reading that goes on. Mm -hmm. Like you should know that this needs to be done. You should see that this needs to be done. Right. And there's a lot of resentment that builds between that. Um, and so I often just break it down with my couples and we talk about how to be clear. Brene says clear is kind. Yeah. Like you cannot expect them to know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when I first got married, one of my coworkers was like, best advice I can give you, do not be afraid to do a honeydew list. They actually want a honeydew list. Yeah. They want to know exactly what you expect of them. So that they don't have to assume and assume wrong. Right. And that is right on with what I see in my office. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. Like whoever is like the manager of the home, like I always say, like, you know, typically in what I see, it's like the mom will be like, the one that's like, oh, this needs to be done. This needs to be done. And like, they're kind of more multitask oriented. And the guys will be like, I don't want to guess. Just tell me what, you know, just let me know. And so like, we have very set like expectations and roles in, in our house mm-hmm. so that we know like this is, he's taking care of this. It's completely off my plate and I'm taking care of this and it's completely off his plate. And if we need help, we ask. And otherwise it's just, we know we're going to get done. Yeah. Do you do a honey do list? No, but I need to. Okay. Cause yeah. I'm very guilty. I'm like here. You're, I talk I about, know, you're an assumer. Yeah. I think. yeah. yeah. Oh, you're an like, assumer. you should be reading my mind. And yeah. that is like, I'm a hundred percent at fault. And you would rather just do it yourself. And yeah. then, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're just an, I'm going to do it myself person. Mm-hmm. Yep. You need a honey-do list, I think. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And what's awesome about it is that you, like, I literally have him fill out a chart and go through it, which I know seems so trivial, <laughs> like, but it is so... Does he get a gold star if he gets a No, I will I'm saying... <laughs> I'm saying if I have my couples do it in my oh, office, okay, okay, I'm okay. like, be really clear. We're going to write this down. It's going to be in black and white. Yes. Right? Like what it is that you need help with, what it is that you would like for them to take over, what is it you're tired of doing. Like, And this goes down to everything like what um, – oh, what, who's going to manage the school stuff and mm-hmm. who's going to manage the sports stuff. And, you know, like it's not just who's going to unload the dishwasher or vacuum. Right. It's in our life management, in our home, in our family, like who is going to do what because – I can tell you it makes it so much easier. Yeah. So I was thinking about this when you, you've been talking about all this. Do couples ever come to you and they get to the point where you have to say, this is not going to work? <laughs> you, like, I feel like this isn't going to work. Yeah. Um, you know, technically we're not supposed to. You're not supposed to. That. You're yeah. not supposed to end no. someone's marriage in your office. And yeah, no. Um, I'm going to save everybody some so time. Let me save some time. Here's a number of a divorce lawyer. That reminds me of Shrinking. Isn't that, have you seen that one? No, I haven't watched Isn't it. it. My family loves that. It's on Apple. Like, yes, yes, like, yes. I haven't seen it yet, but everyone's Everyone like, you have it. to and watch it. And it's like that where he goes rogue and he's like, here's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Let me save you $1,000. Yeah. No, 
know, I always say I'm standing at the crossroad with you, right? Yeah. And I am here beside you to help not make the decision. And I will shine the light down the different paths and what they look like, right? And if you want to be on a better one, I'll help you with that. If you're not sure what path you want to be on, we can stand here and figure it out. And if you know you don't want to be together, I'll help you with that too. But do but, they ever come to the, I know we don't want to be together? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. They do. In front of you? It's normally not both of them. Okay. It's one of them, right? Okay. Like, I, very rarely is it a mutual decision, Okay. which is hard, yes. right? And I help them work through that. Um, oh, wow. But, yeah, for sure they do. Because, unfortunately, um, to be honest, one of the hardest parts about my job is that people come to me too late. Yeah. They come to me too late. And I, I, I'm, as a helper, personality, like, it's hard. It's hard because I'm, like... I want to help. I want to, you know, but it's so far gone. And one of them have made up their minds. And once they make up their mind, even though they might not be saying it, it's really hard to bring them back on board. So I can cut this if you want me to. No, but go. be honest. Yeah. When people come to you, can you tell? Are you like, wow, I just met this couple and they've been, I had my first yes. session. Yeah, you can. Yes. And you're like, they're not going to make it. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, there's something called a. The Four Horsemen. Oh, um, yeah. And so I'm Gottman trained. Um, yeah. John and Julie Gottman are brilliant. And, um, but tell well, me so what it is again. Those four things are the the worst things you can do in a relationship. They're mm-hmm. called the horsemen, right? And so I assess for that pretty early on um, if I can see any of those four in the relationship and to what degree. Because we all do them to some degree. We're human, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do them to a great degree... Uh, or if one member of the partnership does it to a great degree, I'm like, red flag, this is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and some people have already built up so much. Well, there's so much space between them sometimes because of those things that it's they don't want to lean back in. They don't want to build the bridge. Resentment leads to contempt, yes. right? Do you feel like, is that mm-hmm. true? Yeah. 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 That's a bad one. Yeah. Which and, is why you have to speak what's on your mind because the mm-hmm. other person can't a thousand read your percent. mind yeah. and it's going to yeah. lead to resentment. A thousand percent. Right. Yeah. And well, and the lens in which they see the world is different than yours. So like what might be important to you might not be important to him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's good to have that conversation. Like, do you care about this very much? No, I don't care. But I do about this. Like we always say the main floor is our main thing. Like mm-hmm. yeah. we want to, right? Like all hands on deck with our main floor of our house or whatever the, you know, task is. But we can 80% the other rooms. And so he and I both make sure that this area where we, because we host a lot, is like ready. And, you know, he does some things. And I did today. I literally was like, I need your help with these three things. And I'll do these. You know, I'll be good. And he's like, yep. And so as soon as they were done, he sent me a tech. Poor guy's married to a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Poor guy's married to a therapist. He, really. He's like, I get that all the time. And, he goes, <laughs> and I actually say, to be honest, I'm grateful because she sees the worst of the worst and she comes home and yes. she's like thankful. Well, then right. you, I'm not just saying this because I think there's a chance he's going to listen to this. You have a great husband. I do. I do. I have a unicorn. I mean, he's like, pretty he's great. A true, true. You unicorn. both do. Yeah. And I'm not just yeah. saying that because Brent told me to say he was a great husband before we got on here. Yeah. But Brent is really great. Yeah. Well, I really there, love there's both a reason of your why they're best friends. Yes. Like, there's a reason. Friends. We're just talking they're about this. They're both the nicest yes. guys. Yeah. yeah. We just talked about it last night. We were like, you know, it's funny that we're best friends because we really don't have much in common as far as like what we enjoy to do and our hobbies and all that. He's like, but they're both at their soul. I said, and, and he's, he agreed. And I was like, it's because you guys are not afraid to go deep. You can be vulnerable with each other, which are two of the most attractive things I mm-hmm. think about each of them. Um, and so you connect on that. Like they mm-hmm. had a deep conversation yesterday. It's not just surface. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's helpful, you know, in yeah. our best friendship for sure. Like Brent really doesn't want to spend much time with somebody unless he's connecting. With oh them. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, go deep or go home. Yeah. 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 He's very much like that. Mm-hmm. Number four. Okay. So number four is resentment. Like the oh, wall yes. of resentment is so mm-hmm. thick. That space I was saying that has been, um, and usually what I can tell whenever my couples come in and we eventually get into all this stuff is, the resentment is thick. we got to figure out how to bring the wall down. Obviously, there's hesitation to do that. Most of the time, it's because there have not been repairs made mm-hmm. into the, for years. And so there's a lot of stuff under the rug. And it's not that you're not going to mess up. It's not that you're not going to hurt your partner. But you've got to figure out how to repair well mm-hmm. or else it's going to stay stuck. And, and so a okay. lot of people don't repair. And that's the hard thing is like, 
if you go in and you're like, well, I'm really mad that they don't take the trash out. And then it's like, mm-hmm. well, really, when you start like chipping away at it, it goes back 20 years. It's like, yeah. like just like you're saying, you've got yeah. to attack things immediately. You've yes. got to speak your mind and attack things immediately or it's going to be irreparable. Right. Is that a word, irreparable? Yeah, it is. And it's also just, you know, it's a good healthy thing to get in the habit of doing just in life in general mm-hmm. is repairing with others, no matter what relationship you're in, whether that's your best friend or your neighbor or, right, like if you hurt someone, like you need to acknowledge that, even if you don't fully understand it. Mm-hmm. I always say you don't have to fully understand it to repair it. And oh, so, because a lot of people are like, well, I don't even, I wouldn't be upset about that. That's not a big deal to me. They need to get over it. Well, that's not the way they look at it. And mm-hmm. you don't need to tell them how they feel. So you need to care that they care. That's mm-hmm. kind of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just have to care about their feelings. Okay. Number five. Okay. Number five. I think this is just a life skill, but basically a lot of my couples will come in and they are stuck in this negative spin cycle. And they are only focusing on the bad that they have in their relationship versus also looking at and understanding and getting a grace, right? That there's still some good there. That's where the hope lies, right? A lot of my couples are looking at 100% of the negative. And then they get in this, you know, reoccurring thought process where it's they don't do this and they don't do that. And I don't feel this and I don't feel that. And every time they see that, they focus on it and then they don't release it. And say, okay, but there's also A, B, C, and D that are good mm-hmm. still. And I call it replace your thoughts. Like, you can't always just be thinking of the negative. You have to also be blending in some of the positive. Because more often than not, there is some positive left in the scenario. Mm-hmm. It's not all negative. Um, and so once we kind of get into whether that's, I want you guys to just out, give me something that you appreciate your partner about for today. Mm-hmm. Like training their brain to be like, what is something that you noticed that made you feel good this week? You know, like, can you make a list of your top five things that you love about your partner? And most of them can rattle them off. If right. they can't think of one or two or three, then we need to, right? Yeah. I'm glad you're here, basically. And I talk, <laughs> I talk a lot about that when I just am talking about You're life. in the right space. Yeah. <laughs> when I just talk about, like, positive um, thinking on, you know, my Instagram and stuff is just, like, the minute you hear that, like, oh, I'm not having a good day, replace it with I'm having a great day. Mm-hmm. Like, that negative thought's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Like, you just need to replace those thoughts, you know? Yeah, totally. And you can find something to be happy about. I mean, your thoughts create your feelings. Exactly. And this, you have to choose them wisely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I completely And I'm not saying one of my favorite, favorite therapy quotes, and this is not even probably, I don't even know who it's from, but I saw it on a meme. And I screenshotted it, and I love it so much. But it is make your brain your bitch, and you will mm-hmm. learn to master life. I love it. And it is so true because your thoughts are so powerful, and they are a domino effect to everything that you do, the decisions that you make, and the energy that you put off, and the things that you attract because I'm a big believer in manifestation. Um, and so you have to choose them wisely um, yep. because if you believe everything you think, mm-hmm. that's dangerous. Yes. Yes. Yep. It's dangerous. And I think that goes across multiple therapy. My mm-hmm. personal therapy was that's it's the a first, life skills the same. It was literally you can retrain your brain oh, yeah. into how you think or what you need or what you're choosing to do or you know what I mean? Like um speaking of manifestation, like I think one of the first things they showed us one time was what is it, the the secret? Oh yeah. The that's book and then there's also like a movie and so yeah. they like yeah, did that. Sure. You know, but it, it's so true. Like I think if you lead with more positive, you're going to focus more positive, yeah. right? When but if you, you want to multiply, exactly, yeah. Yeah. you want to get in you that look cycle. For the negative, you're going to see the negative. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can all go find negative. And that, that goes way. for any subject in life, right. right? That's not just your marriage or your relationship, but that's anything. Which is why yeah. I always, I'm already trying to teach my kids this. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. the sooner you can learn this, the better. It's a, it's such a value. I didn't know it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I really didn't mm-hmm. until I don't know. Trish, when did I learn a cute few years ago? But it really is like, it's like magic when you can. It, it really yeah. is magic yeah. when you learn mm-hmm. when you learn positive thinking. I think it sounds like voodoo. I think some people think it's mm-hmm. hooey or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Until not. they start doing it yeah. and commit to it. And then, yeah. then whoa, the needle goes change your life. I remember yeah. when I first started managing people and I went to what you could say was my mentor. She worked in HR and I was just like, I just don't know what to do about these two negative people in my group. And she looked at me and said, there's sometimes, you know, people just choose to be negative in life. Like that is just how they have lived their lives. And they were older, maybe, you know, definitely, you know, 
been thinking negatively for a long time to where it's like, do you want to spend your time managing the people that are positive or focus on this low percentage of negative people? So you you fire, know what I mean? Fire them immediately. I fired them immediately. <laughs> but my positivity ran them both out. Yep. Like, honestly. Oh, killed them with kindness. Oh, my God. You literally killed them with kindness. They literally yeah. went and got different jobs because yeah. it wasn't rewarded. It wasn't accepted. It wasn't, you know. Yeah. And yeah. That's where I think we didn't enable that 80, 20, like the minute you can flip a negative Mm -hmm. environment to being more positive, those negative people are like, yeah, I am no one. They're like, I'm looking for a more negative manager. Yeah. Yeah. Or who's going to sit here and drown in my misery with me. They want, you know, misery loves company. Yeah. It's so true. And it's not an easy, every day, the battle of the mind, right. We'll try to take you down. Like you have to intentionally do it every single day. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I'm trained in this stuff and I find myself still right. Being like, I'm focusing on the negative right now and I've got to get out of this and, you know, not stay so focused on that because I know where that can lead, Mm -hmm. but it's intentional. Like it's a thing. It is. Yes. Invalid about like, what do you do when you have patients and like, there's actually anger expressed between the two of them in your practice? Do you, what do you do? How do you react? Well, I mean, that's one of the, you know, basic emotions that we feel as humans. I think it's okay okay. to feel angry. It's just a matter of how we handle that feeling, Mm -hmm. right? Is it in a healthy way or an unhealthy way? Yeah. And that's what I'm here to help teach is like, how can we handle that in a healthy way? It's not again, what you're feeling. It's how you're handling it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, Sometimes we don't think about like how we should be handling this. We just go off of our like gut reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, again, train your brain to do differently. If you want different, you do different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're like actually the yelling at each other, do you just let them know? Oh, each other? So do I what? Do you just like, do they just yell at each other? Yeah. I mean, there are times where that is beneficial for me to see because mm-hmm. then I can see the patterns. Yeah. Right. And I can help them. But do that. you interject and be like, okay, now you're being disrespectful. This is not like, well, yeah, I eventually conduce. will start highlighting the horsemen. Mm-hmm. So eventually I will say, you know, like this is something that I'm noticing, right? Yeah. Does that make you feel? Remember we learned about this early on. What is something that you could do differently in this scenario? And like, so what then, could you guys do instead of yell, maybe? Right, and like, like something like and that. And I try to teach, and then we practice, and then we teach, and then we practice. Because for me, I like, I kind of create a lesson plan around what it is that they're struggling with and what they want to learn. And then I have different strategies I do based on that. And so once I kind of teach them a different way to handle situations, then we will then practice that. Because mm-hmm. then you have to make it a habit. Like, yeah. it has to be. Yeah, there's the only I always say I'm 10% of the solution, you're 80. I mean, you're 90. Yeah. Simple math, Joe. <laughs> right? So, like, you have to do this outside of here or else it's not going to seep in. Right. And then the same pattern will still have, happen. So, But do they ever come in, like, hot out of the gate, They're first hot. time of in course. the office, and they are, like, of course. Of course. telling each other up and down, and you're, like, Ooh. I didn't even get time to assess. Well, the first couple of sessions, I will let them express, and I want to see their patterns because it's like an observation. I call them my discovery sessions. Yeah. I want to get to know them. I'm asking them tons of questions. And like I always say, I'd like to hear from each of your perspectives what it is that brings you in. And that will usually start some sort of fight because they see it. But do you cut one of them off and say, (laughs) no, we're giving so-and-so's perspective right now. I will try to manage the interruption for sure. Yeah. For sure. But I also like, I want them to, I want to fully see how they interact before I start to make the interventions because that helps me help them. So the first few sessions I don't, um, then I get into, okay, this is what I noticed. These are the patterns that I saw. This is what I would suggest. Everything in here is just a suggestion. Yeah. I lay out what I think would help, and then they get to practice or decide what it is yeah. that works. Why do you think people cheat? Mm. Probably not one reason, huh? Yeah, it's usually one of three. Okay. Um, one is... Like a sexual addiction, right? Mm-hmm. Or like the addiction to the thrill of doing, yeah. being, you know, risky and mm-hmm. and um, wanting that attention and being fed by that attention so much. So because you obviously chemicals released when you're feeling all of those things. And there are some people that are really addicted to that high. Um, and so I think that's one, which is obviously toxic and not something that you would want to like pair with for life. Right. Um, it, there's a lot of other things going on there, right? One is just not being connected, like the friendship, like just having a complete disconnection. You're living two separate lives. 
you're just kind of going through the motions like kind of robots and then you start to miss that because you know humans love connection we're meant to live in community you miss that attachment with someone and you seek it elsewhere right you know um and i think that i mean that's probably the most common that Mm -hmm. i see and then the third would be you're going through a hard time but there's something that happened Mm -hmm. there is some sort of you, the loss you of your lost parents, your job. you lost your job, mm-hmm. you know, and you are in a dark spot, right? And that you aren't making decisions like you typically would mm-hmm. because you don't feel like you're typically, you're not your best self. Mm-hmm. And it just takes, I always say it's a slippery slope. It just takes one It's sort of a vibe, right? It's like drinking one in, or something. Yeah. And it's, know, like, it's like, ooh, this feels good, right? Yeah. This, this attention is nice. And it, it, they call painkillers. Like yeah. you is a painkiller. It's mm-hmm. I I'm hurting and this feels nice mm-hmm. and then the endorphins kick in and I'm gonna yeah look and see what that is using it as a panacea mm-hmm. sort of yeah and that is you know I mean of course we're there are going to be people that we are attracted to in life like there are many 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 attractive people right in this world and you've got to when you get married you made a commitment to like I, a protective wall around your hearts like you cannot dip your toe in there's mm-hmm. no dip in the toe in there is. This wall of, like, you are mine and I am yours and I'm going to respect that. And I'm not going to put out a vibe or cross a line or, mm-hmm. right? I had a boss once that asked me to go to lunch multiple times after I was married. And I could tell it wasn't right business. Yeah. And yeah. I said no every time. And it was hard because he was, like, my boss's boss, right? And I said no. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, and I mean, there was other signs that I'm not just assuming, obviously, right. there were other things that yeah. made me uncomfortable with it, but I knew like, this is not, this is a cross line that I would not like my, t- and I had other guy friends I'd go to lunch with at work. Right. Yeah. But you just have a, if you feel uncomfortable or this feels not right, then you make a decision to go the other way. Mm-hmm. Is emotional cheating, physical cheating, like is one worse than the other or are they both the same? I would say they're both the same. I think they're both the same because of the betrayals. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd almost rather somebody physically cheat on me than emotionally cheat. Yeah. Or something like that. Right. We have a true connection and bond. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I agree. Oh, my God. You know what I I think is super interesting is that the majority of the time, my couples want to try. To work it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, there are so many. I mean, unfortunately, affairs are fairly common. Um, and I am like seriously considering making it my niche, like one of my soul niches. Really? What? I am affairs. Do you think, or do people come in a lot because of affairs? Is yeah. that, is like that the catalyst? To, they're wanting to rebuild. And oh, really? That's a, yeah. That's I bet one cheats. Oh, really? One cheats. I the have... other one demands we go to therapy. The other one doesn't want to like lose that, like let the marriage go. They thought they could get away with it. Maybe they got caught. So they agree, but I bet in the end they both end up loving therapy. Yeah. Or if well, for the they, ones that make it. Yeah, the, the strayer is usually like, it, they always explain it as a fog. Like a, a fog lifted and I was like, what am I doing? Once they, like, they call it D-Day, Discovery Day. Mm-hmm. Like once you discover that this happened and it came out and, you know, this, yeah. then they had this fog that lifts and they're like that. What, it's basically the high is gone. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is not what I want to do with my life. And I would lose all of this if I did. And if they want to work it out. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know. When I say they say, I don't have any idea who they are. Most of the time, women want to leave their relationships more than men. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yes. I would say so, yeah. yeah. Based on my experience. Mm-hmm. And often, if the woman has made up her mind that she's done, she's done. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to do one more question because we've been talking for a long time. Yeah. You said that a lot of people come to see you because of affairs. Yeah. What it's also what loss of connection. Yes. Or what what Those else are, are they two. saying? Those yeah. are my top two. Sometimes it's blended family stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's really hard it's co-parenting, and you know, that's that's can be a road for a lot of people. So I'll do that. Um, premarital. Mm-hmm. I have some premarital, uh, which I love seeing because again, it's getting ahead of the ball, right? Mm-hmm. It's teaching them healthy habits now. Um, so it can, those, I would say those are my top. Yeah. Yeah. Affairs, reconnection and, you know. But hopefully think. that's where the game changes as we continue to evolve, right? That they're coming more proactively versus reactively because of mm-hmm. an, an affair or because one's so unhappy. You know what I mean? 
Okay, you were talking about um, that sometimes couples come in and you're you're just like, mm-mm, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, what, let's say, and this, like I said, this is kind of covered in the five, but what would you say are the three things that make you shake your head a little bit? Is it talking to each other disrespectfully? Is it you can see they have no communication? Can you see they're just dead behind the eyes? <laughs> like, what is it that makes you have that, like, strong reaction? Well, I think it is you have to have a want to change. And there's some couples I can tell right out the gates that there's one of them Mm -hmm. does not have the want to change. They're just checking off their list. This is our last college try. Mm -hmm. We are, you know, that way I can say that I did this. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I get that, right? Because I think think that's respectable that you want to at least, like, try. But I can sometimes tell when it's like I'm just going to the motions versus... I'm actually really putting in a lot of effort here. Yeah. And so that, that to me is one of the things that's like super obvious right out the gate is how invested are they really? Cause it's an emotional and monetary investment. Yeah. And so you have to like, you get out of it what you put into it. Mm-hmm. And there's some that I can just tell aren't. Really. I bet you love that challenge of like trying to pull them over to the other side. Like, oh, no, I'm going to, yeah. Of course like, I do. Because yeah. I actually care about my couples a lot. Like, I really yeah, like, think about them, you know, when I go to bed or when I wake up or what can I do different. And it's sad to me when they don't work out, right? Um, and it's hard to hear some of their stories. Um, I mean, I'm not one of those therapists that doesn't cry with them. Like, I cry with them, right? You know, if, if they're – I have a little bit of that empath in me, right, where I'm like, oh, I can feel their pain and this is hard and I – you know. Um, and so – it's more than just a job for me. Like it truly feels like a calling. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, it's why I changed careers. Yeah. You know? Well, on that note about how wonderful Jill is and how we wish we could all work with her, tell us how, even if you are not in Kansas City and can come meet Jill in her office, how people can work with you. Cause I know you have an online workshop. Yes. So I have, I created, it was right before COVID ironically. Um, is an online course um, at shoprelationshiprefresh.com. I'll so, link it in the written version too. Yeah. So it's basically, it's it's the five things that I would love to tell couples to work on. The mo- It's similar to this. Like the common things that I really want them to know that they can work on um, in the comfort of their own home. So you can go online and the five modules are there. And you can work on them at your own pace in your pajamas if you want to, right? Like in your bed, like after the kids are in bed yeah. uh, because everyone is so busy now. I just thought what else can I do to help and get more people the knowledge that I want them to have. And thus this was born. Awesome. Yeah. And then I also have um, <clears throat> an Amazon box actually. It's a gift box. Um, the relationship that, refresh kit. Yes. So it's a gift box on Amazon that you can buy as a gift so for a newlywed or a baby shower or you know, anything that you think would be fun to give that sort of couple's box, right? Mm-hmm. And inside of that are gifts that align and directly um, to attach to advice. So, mm-hmm. like, that you would give someone when it comes to, like, having a good relationship. And they're lighthearted and it's fun. And yeah, it's very, cute. very cute. Yeah, and it's yes. just... It's Trisha to be, has one for... Yeah. Got one as a newlywed. It's very cute. Yes. And it's also linked in the written version of the blog. So I hope you guys check out both of those things for Jill. And we will definitely have her back because I have a million more questions for her. Thank you guys so much for talking and sitting down. Thank you again to Jill and Trisha for joining me on the podcast. I love having them as friends and resources for you guys. Just a quick disclaimer, please know that the information shared in this episode is educational only and not considered therapy or counseling. This is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you feel you are in need of therapy at this time, please seek out a counselor in your area. Thank you so much for overthinking with me this week. Until next time, wishing you all good thoughts.